0: Get 60% off at babble.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Listen!
1: Welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat, IGN's official podcast dedicated to all things Nintendo. I'm your host, Kat Neely, and joining me today is my partner in crime, Red Valentine.
2: Hi, Kat! I'm so flattered that you described me that way.
1: Partner in crime over on News. Team News, let's go.
2: Yeah! I can't... Can I have... Oh, wait, that's no, the other way. <laughs> 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 I don't think
0: it works.
1: Also joining me is nominal Nintendo Voice Chat host, Seth Macy.
0: Hello, former Team News freelance way back when.
1: Also, former 1UP uh, cohort as well.
0: That is true. I, that's where I got started. I used to write the Netflix Add to Q blog because that was such a new thing. Streaming Netflix
3: had its own blog.
1: And who is our special guest?
3: I don't know. Um, I, th- I think it's John <laughs> from Nintendo Life.
1: Hey. Welcome, John Cartwright, to Nintendo Voice Chats. Great to have you.
3: It's great to be on here.
1: Yes, we have a lot to cover. E3 2021 is officially underway. Well, sort of. Summer Game Fest just happened. Some announcements happened. They were not necessarily Nintendo Switch related, but we will cover a couple of them. We'll also be talking about the Switch Pro reveal that (laughs) did not happen and why that might have been. And finally, we've got a lot of other news as well. So we will be Getting all that and talking about Game Builder Garage, which is yeah. available. Woo, yeah, I I got a yeah from the audience right there. So <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's get to it. The summer game fest. Not a lot of Switch news, but while it's only available on PC, Metal Slug Tactics, am I right? That game oh, looks freaking yeah. incredible.
0: Yeah. I was like, is this a Metal Slug game? It looks like it, but it's a tactics game too. And then I looked at the name of it and I was like, wow, (laughs) it's exactly
3: what I thought it was going to be named. So that's very, very convenient and easy to figure out. Yeah, the entire presentation worth it for that alone. I don't care if it was two hours of (laughs) fineness, but but Metal Slug (laughs) makes it all worth it.
1: Yeah, there was this uh, this game called Elden something something that was also there, but who cares? Metal Slug Tactics don't care, but it's by Dot Emu, who are also, I believe, working on a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles beat 'em up. I believe they also did uh, Streets of Rage Four. Correct. So they have a history with the platform, and so I fully expect Metal Slug Tactics to be coming to the Nintendo Switch. And frankly, it's going to be my game of the year when it does. Seems like (laughs) the
0: perfect. perfect game like the perfect fit for the nintendo switch
3: it does and t lopes on the soundtrack too from sonic mania i think he's also doing um, tmnt as well so he's getting around
1: <laughs> oh that's amazing awesome also shown over during Summer Game Fest was another story trailer for Monster Hunter Stories, which I gotta say, everybody, that game is super flying under the radar and I cannot wait to play it. I have been playing so much Monster Hunter Rise as anybody who's been listening to this podcast will tell you. And I gotta say, Monster Hunter Stories looks glorious. And as an RPG fan, I cannot wait to play it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Do we know what they're doing with the battle system in this one? Because on 3DS, I remember it was this sort of rock, paper, scissors kind of affair. Is it the same here? That's
1: a good question. I am not sure. It's like a turn-based battle system uh, for sure. I think it might be a slight evolution of the first game, which uh, also flew under the radar. I think the main thing that grabs me is, uh, now that I'm familiar with Monster Hunter somewhat, I'm recognizing a lot of the monsters now. And I'm just really digging that kind of cell shaded look. It it has a real style to it.
2: Yeah, I go ahead.
1: No, Reb, we want to hear what you have to say.
2: Thank you. I, well, I was just going to say, I mean, people who have heard me on this show before know that I just bounced so hard off Monster Hunter. I am so sorry, but. What are you doing? I know. But the look, the look of this and the kind of more story focused nature and the fact that it might not be this, you know, very complex, super action y combat. uh, I I might. I might. I'm I'm intrigued. I, I would try, possibly. Maybe. Maybe this is my gateway to Monster Hunter. Who can say?
0: Mm. Yeah, I remember the oh. first time I saw the trailer for this, it was actually during a recording of NVC and I thought like, "Red, who's the producer? Of what Red? read, had put like the wrong um, like footage in because I thought it was some <laughs> Wind Waker footage at first because I wasn't really paying attention, you know, cuz I had <laughs> my eyes on the prize, but I was like, "Wow, this is yeah, it's a turn-based like JRPG with like QC chibi cel-shaded Monster Hunter universe." Like, yes, I'm I'm so into this.
1: See, Reb, here's what might grab you instead of Monster Hunter Rise. In Monster Hunter Stories, the monsters are your friends. They're mm-hmm. helping you out. They're with you all they're every step friends? of the way. So you're not hunting them and carving them up. You're your, They're your pals.
2: They're my friends. I love friends. Yes.
1: <laughs> Monster <laughs> friends.
2: Okay. That, that No, that actually did do something for me there. So yeah, I, I don't know. I might get a little look. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see.
1: We'll be getting a closer look at Monster Hunter Stories. And Monster Hunter Rise content, which I'm looking forward to during the Capcom Expo that is coming later this weekend. Beyond that, were there any other announcements during Summer Game Fest that caught anybody's attention? Or for that matter, during the Day of the Devs presentation that followed right away after? I didn't. I was kind of watching Day of the Devs out of the corner of my eye while I was getting ready for this podcast. And a lot of those games look really gorgeous. And I'm sure plenty of them are coming to the Nintendo Switch.
2: Yeah, you know where my heart lies. Um, so I I watched Day of the Devs. I love Day of the Devs. Um, there there were actually. Again, there were surprisingly few Switch games compared to how many games looked like they should be on the Switch. Uh, but some that really jumped out, uh, there was a game called A Musical Story. Uh, it's None of these were really new announcements. A lot of them have just sort of been sitting like on Steam and sort of preview, but um, this is their first time breaking out with big trailers and a big showcase like this. Um, a Musical Story looked really interesting. It's a rhythm game set in the 70s that follows this young man who, he looks like he's in a coma and he has lost all, his sort of like laying in the state where he doesn't remember what happened to him. And he has to go back through his memories and sort of figure out how he got here. And I I guess resolve his problem somehow. Uh, But he does this through, remembering he's in a, he was in a band and he remembers the songs and it's this very interesting rhythm game where instead of having like sort of a line-based grid it's this like circle and it's very it's less focused on like timed button well it's, it's still timed button presses but it's less focused on reading a grid and more on like getting into the flow and the feel of the music um it looks a little bit dark but it also it, it looked very cool i had never seen that before and i thought a musical story especially if you're into rhythm games looked amazing um There was a new trailer for Axiom Verge 2, if that's your jam. uh, You don't have to fight bosses at all in that game if you don't want to, but there are many bosses that you can fight um and let me see other switchy things uh oh a uh, garden story was i think the third one i've had my eye on garden story for a while it's it's a little top-down adventure in this world of like fruit and flowers you play as this little grape named concord uh and Aww, he's trying because that's a yeah, kind of grape yeah concord grape. yeah there's a lot of little punny names in that uh because i played a demo several years ago at uh, the seattle indies expo that was very good uh but it's very exploration crafting like got some zelda vibes to it but very very cute and soft focused on crafting and building and making friends and solving puzzles Uh, and that's coming to both pc and switch i think this summer so very soon Sweet.
1: we have more shows coming up this week and quite a few including square enix and of course nintendo direct is coming up next tuesday we previewed e3 pretty extensively in the most recent episode but really quickly lightning round is there one thing that everybody is looking forward to Uh, For me, I am really hopeful and excited to be able to see Breath of the Wild 2 at the Nintendo Direct on Tuesday. How about you, John?
3: Well, Metroid Fusion was, what, 19 years ago now? It's a long time ago. So it's about time for Metroid 5. And there was a little teaser (laughs) at the end of Samus Returns, which sort of alluded to what could be the plot of Metroid 5. And I don't think Prime 4 is coming anytime soon, so hopefully... It's time for Fusion to finally have its follow-up.
1: How about you, Reb?
2: Oh, so many things. Uh, realistically, I would love to see Animal Crossing get that long rumored cafe update. Uh, I would also love to see gameplay from Splatoon 3. I think that'd be super cool. Uh, but my pipe dream, I'm, I'm wearing the shirt today. I know you can't really see because <laughs> I'm putting the vibes, the vibes that I want to see in the world out into the world. Uh, but I, I, would love, I would love to see Golden Sun. I have been wanting it for so many yeah. years. Every time Camelot has gone like two or three years without making anything, I think, okay... Now it's time. Bring me golden sun. Uh, And they haven't yet. And Mario golf is coming out here soon. And so it's about time for them to make something else. So it's not going to happen. It's like never going to happen. But
1: what can you do? Bring back golden sun. You cowards. Please bring it back, (laughs) cowards. All right. And Seth, bring us home.
0: Uh, Well, obviously, I want to see Breath of the Wild 2 or whatever the Zelda sequel is going to be called. But yeah, like now reverend has got me thinking about golden sun, how I would love to, you know, enter 256 random characters in to carry my save over from the last one <laughs> like we all did before so yeah no that sounds, that would be an awesome dark horse <laughs> surprise and anything metroid is going to make me happy let's see bayonetta 3 also i love bayonetta
1: oh it's been too long it's hasn't been it way too several long. years at this point
0: yeah they've released yeah. bayonetta 2 like 3 times since they announced bayonetta 3 <laughs> so let's get back to it folks
1: all right let's continue on to our next topic and the main topic for this show is a Switch Pro reveal that did not happen. So oh. let's go back a couple of weeks ago to before Memorial Day. All of a sudden, Switch Pro rumors just start picking up so much heat. People, uh, Insiders are around on Twitter saying it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Bloomberg posts an article saying that a Switch Pro could be out as soon as September. There's speculation on the name. Super Nintendo Switch, sounds amazing. Great name. People are saying, where's my Super Nintendo Switch? And we were waiting, we were waiting, we were waiting. Everybody had shells, but it did not show up. No (laughs) Super Nintendo (laughs) Switch. So the question I'm wondering is where is it and will we be seeing it during E3? What do we think?
2: It's been very interesting to sort of be on the news side, the reporter side of this as as we are awaiting this maybe or maybe not, because I mean, without getting too far into it, Kat, I, I, I don't know what what all the rest of your experiences have been with this, but every every like two or three days or so, sort of a rumor flies around <laughs> internally, like uh, between influencers, content creators, journalists, media, like just people who would have sort of a stake in that stuff. And it's sort of this vibe of, oh, well, it's going to be announced uh, today at noon or whatever and so we all we all get ready and we're all there and we're all staring at twitter we're refreshing the, the twitter feeds we've got our our shells ready to like fill them in and write it as fast as possible and then nothing happens and then we all sort of go okay well i guess it's happening at 5 p.m today and then nothing and this repeats every couple days or so Ugh. and it just never happens and it's it feels like this weird game of chicken that everyone's playing with nintendo but i don't know i mean the rumor has been that there that there are games that like Depend on the pro to be announced, right? Like, there are games that want the pro to be announced first so they can then, you know, show up in all their glory. And if those games are presumably part of Nintendo's E3 presentation, then surely the pro or whatever it is must come before the E3 presentation. But we are running out of days.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm at the point where, uh, I'm 100% certain we're not getting. A new Switch model <laughs> this year, um, and I think the whole thing has been this incredible uh, like study in human psychology, especially group psychology, because <laughs> the rumors have come out and they just keep coming, and we, you know, it's it's a, it's confirmation bias. We, we're we're forgetting about the ones that don't hit, but we'll remember the one that actually finally does hit. But when Nintendo announced its direct plans, and they said we will be showing you know forty minutes of Nintendo Switch software, there is no logical. Like, way for you to reach the conclusion that that means that they're going to release hardware before, but that's where <laughs> everybody went. Everyone's like, oh my God, they're not going to sh- talk about hardware. That must mean, therefore, ergo, they're going to release the Switch Pro tomorrow into all of our homes. Shigeru Miyamoto is going to knock on our door and hand us a Pro <laughs> and play with us, maybe even for like a couple minutes just to hang out and be chill. Like, that was the rumor that everyone was believing. And there is so little hard evidence of anything that points to the existence of a fully realized, updated Nintendo Switch model. And, I mean, you know, I've, I've talked about Switch Pro like a million times. I want the Switch Pro, like, more than anything. But at, I'm at the point now where I'm starting to look at it. I'm trying to, to just, like, keep my expectations in check. I'm like, this is Nintendo. They sell so many Nintendo Switch consoles as they exist now. They sell so many Switch lights. There's a global semiconductor shortage. And whereas Sony and Xbox kind of had no choice but to release their consoles in spite of the shortages, like Nintendo doesn't really need to. The Switch is four years old. It's not like seven years old like the PS4 was or the Xbox One. I think all those uh, those screens that they ordered, you know, the OLED, Sam, I'm starting to think that they just like, they have a deal with some airline and they're going to be putting those in the back of the seats of the headrests for like a Nintendo Switch that you can play on flights. That's like, I'm, I'm at that point now where it's just like, I don't believe in anything anymore. I hope no kids are listening, but Santa's not real. Neither, neither is a Switch Pro.
2: Seth, you can't just oh say
0: my. Santa isn't real.
3: Wow. Yeah.
0: I was, it's a joke. It's a classic Seth Goof. <laughs> of course, Santa's real.
3: <laughs> Uh, Historically speaking, Nintendo don't tend to have hardware revisions in their directs. Like, the Switch Lite was just a press release and a trailer. Uh, 3DS XL was the same, 2DS was the same, 2DS XL was the same. I don't think they've ever done it in a Direct before. Uh, Maybe new 3DS? I think that was like a Japanese-only Direct, but um, most of the time they do it on their own time, and then later on show the games. Uh, but we are getting to a point where the 2017 games are starting to get their sequels like Breath of the Wild 2 and Splatoon 3 are coming well Breath of the Wild 2 presumably next year uh, so it looks like 2021 might be the time they start to refresh their uh, software cycle so maybe it would make sense to launch hardware alongside those but i don't see any point in announcing that now if it's if it's happening next year yeah
1: i think the problem that nintendo is facing right now is while the Nintendo Switch is still fine and can run indie games just fine, uh, we are now into the next console cycle for those other consoles that we don't like to talk about around here. (laughs) And the Nintendo Switch is still great. Don't get me wrong. But it is starting to look a little bit long the tooth. It's been four and a half years since the Nintendo Switch first launched, which is insane to me. I cannot actually believe it. but. Uh, For reference, the PS4 Pro, I believe, came out in, what, 2018, thereabouts? So that was about four, four and a half years after the release of the PS4. Mm. So it's about time for a Switch Pro to come out. I do think that there is a hardware revision in the works. There's just way too much uh, smoke around this. And so I feel like there has to be some fire do I think it's coming out this year? I would be pretty surprised. I mean, that would be a really shock, big shock because there just wouldn't be any of them around. It would be a tremendous shortage given the lack of components and everything, but could I absolutely believe that it would be in say early 2022? Yeah. Yeah, I can.
2: I think it very Um, much depends sort of, I mean, mean, sort of on on what both both you, all, all three of you have said, uh, it doesn't, like Seth said, it doesn't need, Nintendo doesn't need this, right? Like they don't need the sales. The Nintendo Switch is still selling incredibly well. The games are still selling incredibly well. There's no monetary reason for this. But if they start running up against games like, like Breath of the Wild 2 and these games that are going to sort of maybe need that extra boost uh, and there really just isn't any reason to not release those games and they're running out of other games to release instead of those games, then they might just have to pull the trigger on that just for the sake of making sure that their software doesn't look ridiculous.
3: <laughs> to put time right. in perspective too, Kat did a great job with PS4 Pro, but um, the Wii U lived a shorter life than the Switch is now living. So it's wow. now surpassed the life cycle of that system. Incredible.
1: Yeah. The thing movie. is, maybe this is just my perspective, but it doesn't feel like the Switch is that short on games. If, the, if games like New Pokemon Snap or Monster Hunter Rise or Monster Hunter stories aren't coming out, then we're playing games, uh, like we're, we're playing various other indie games. So it, it feels like the flow of software is still relatively healthy for the Nintendo Switch. I feel like I've been playing my Switch more than practically anything else of late. Mm. And you can still remaster PS2 games. <laughs>
0: <laughs> SSX tricky, so, come on, let's, let's
1: get it on Switch.
2: I the,
1: think it's the last easy. And I wanna go ahead, Rem. I was just gonna say, I think it's
2: easy for me to go, oh, there aren't really that many Switch games coming out right now, but we're we're less than a week away from a direct. So that if I said that out loud mm-hmm. in a meaningful way, that would immediately be proved wrong next week. So <laughs> I'm sure there's games.
1: Question that I, I'm kind of wondering is if the Switch Pro gets announced, let's pre- pretend it gets announced at the Nintendo Direct and we find out that pre-orders are going live like immediately after do you immediately go and pre-order a switch pro or do you go, "Ah, I'm okay with my current switch?
0: I, yeah, I, uh, I'm part of the problem. Yeah. Immediately. (laughs) Like not just because like my job is literally to present the audience with pre-ordering opportunities, like of where to get them, but also because that's what I did when they announced the switch. As soon as the pre-orders are up, I'm like, I'm getting a switch. Look at me now. And you know, that's just, I mean, I I don't, yeah, I'm immediately a sucker.
3: Mm-hmm. We had a bezel-less mock-up up just now, and when I saw that, I, I don't care about any other features. If the, if there's no real bezel there, I'm in.
2: <laughs> For me, it's yeah. very software-dependent. If if there are either games that are exclusive that I want, like if they do start separating them out sort of in the same way that they separate separated out some games on the whatever the new 3DS XL was, I don't even remember how that all worked, uh, if they separate... Separate out games like that, or if something like Breath of the Wild Two just looks real bad, like I, I'm not someone who gives too many cruds about graphics, but if it, if it is a real significant difference between the two for a game that I care about, then I will probably cave. But if everything basically looks the same and it's just shinier and a little bit bigger, eh.
0: this year I decided I actually wanted to like follow hockey a little bit more than just the most casual of casuals, so I subscribed to a service that streams all of the NHL to your
1: And also, apparently, it's going to have DLSS, which means 4K while docked. And I am totally okay with that. And finally, like if it brings a lot of games up to like 60 FPS, uh, that would be totally grand. Mm. So that would be totally that would totally make this come out worth it. Uh, I think there is a comparison point to be made with the new the new Nintendo 3DS, which Mm. improves some loading times and resulted in older games being a little bit choppy on uh, launch 3DS systems. But ultimately, newer games didn't really support the add-ons that the new 3DS offered. So th- there's reason to wonder if the Switch Pro will kind of end up being like that, kind of like a letdown. But I, I think that it'll be, end up being more Switch. Uh, sorry, PS4 Pro, Like in that it will become kind of the new standard for developers who are just racing ahead right now Uh, with the next generation of consoles okay let's keep going there's a new game out everybody i'm pretty excited about this one seth yes you reviewed game builder garage you gave it an eight out of ten over on Mm ign.com and i'm just wondering why don't you tell us a little about this experimental little game that is out now from nintendo
0: Well, I I think I say I think I use the word delightful uh, like a hundred times in my review (laughs) because but it only needs to be said once because it's absolutely the most delightful way to learn programming concepts and like logic and how game engines work. I've never worked in a game engine other than RPG maker, which um, is a whole other thing. But um, yeah, you just have these little cute little creatures. They're called nodons and you connect them together. And it, you start through these lessons building different types of games. And oh my God, I even mentioned this in my review. It's just like back in the day, you'd get a computer magazine with a, you know, a game in it that you would have to write seven, 800 lines of basic. And by the time you get done, you'd be like, oh, I understand how joystick inputs work now. That's kind of how this is. Like you, you, you start with something, you add your inputs, Boom! The guy's running around. He's jumping over boxes, just like uh, like on the on the screen right now. And then you add a million other things. Where it's really interesting is the the level of complexity that you can like put in your creations is is pretty astounding. And you go through all these lessons, and by the time you're done, you actually haven't learned about every nodon in the game. There's still like probably fifty percent of all the nodons are still like there. You probably only learn like half. Of so yeah it's it's just like super fun super incredible it's the puzzles in it are to teach you about you know the programming concepts kind of tough sometimes i'm not really like keen on them um because sometimes it's more of just guessing like a range you know like some of the nodons are like they have a, a numeric range in them so they can output or input numeric ranges Man, so obvious, but like, sometimes you can be like, oh, I guess the range is between like minus three and and three. And then you look and the box only moves a little ways. Oh, okay, it must be between minus seven. seven." Those ones aren't as much fun. But yeah, this game is wonderful and I'm like hoping to get my kids into it. I don't think this would be a good game for like a little kid. But it's definitely with guidance, like a like a uh, like a preteen or a teen and like, you know, just play it with play with the kids, folks it's It's good fun for the family, and then you can make your cool games. You can make games like mine, which is a uh, super Falling Man Fantasy, which I shared on Twitter. <laughs> it's a guy he just you just jump off of a thing and you try to land on platforms. That's all there is to it. And there's a secret in there. first person who gets the secret will win a badge. It's not true. <laughs>
3: badge part. <laughs> I can't wait to see what people do with this. Um, they kind of had this premise within Labo. Labo VR had a very similar a garage sort of builder. Um, but the thing was, in that game, you couldn't share them for whatever reason. You couldn't share codes, you couldn't... Oh, the you reason is leave your system. Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But one person actually did recreate within Labo VR. They made the Magnesis Shrine in Breath of the Wild, and it was one-to-one. So they, they somehow programmed it so the metal um, bridges would move when you point at them. Um had, like, gyro controls. And they yeah. programmed Guardians into there. It, it was crazy what they could do. So. That never blew up because no one wanted to make things because you can't share them. But the right. fact that you could do that just shows the potential. And I cannot wait to see what people can do now that they can finally um, put things out to the world in this. Yeah, I'm like really
0: excited because, you know, it's just like any sort of creative toolbox, it's you, you just give it to the masses and it's like it's astounding what people are going to be able to figure out with this, like just the, the, the level of complexity that is there. And being able to stack the nodons to make them do so many different things, just like the path. It takes a lot of uh, concentration to sort of to figure out <laughs> the way that some of these have to link together to get the, the, the effect that you are desired. The one thing that I, my one complaint was that you can't just like hit a button and see what the code is. Like, even if they had just created some sort of proprietary programming language, you know, call it, you know, nodon plus plus. That I think that would have been great as the next step, so you could learn the actual coding elements. But as far as like programming games in an engine, like this is this is this incredible. I just can't wait to actually sit down, and not be you know burdened by a deadline, and make Super Falling Man Fantasy <laughs> Two. First, folks, summer games.
1: The thing I really that- like that Nintendo made this game because I, I'm glad that they're staying toward their experimental roots. It it kind of brings me back to the Nintendo Wii in some ways. Mm. Like they're continuing that through line where they want to educate and uh, teach people things. And it's good for all ages. This is like classically Nintendo stuff. I wish that it were a little less generic. Um, I almost wish that they had put a Nintendo character attached to it. Like Yoshi's a uh, game builder or something like that. So, you know, Yoshi, I don't know, eats the levels and spits them out as eggs. <laughs> I got to like... say the,
0: the character, I mean, like your guide, Bob is just a dot, but the, yeah, the writing is like really excellent and sharp and witty and fun. And it never makes you feel stupid. And so like, it, mm. yeah, it, it is kind of a missed opportunity to not have any sort of branded um, tie in there, but like as generic as they look, they're just so like, even the note when you, when I've, you know i'd be doing something else and have it going in the background and they'd be like occasionally they'd be like meow, meow, meow. like what what's what's going on here it's just oh, no that's the the left stick He's just trying to get my attention for something
2: <laughs> nodons for smash oh, oh no
1: do we have man. to we got a whole list we got a whole list of uh smash characters in the queue ahead of the nodons like, where's Waluigi? Where's uh, Where's Gino? Get them in first. Maybe get Sora, and then we can get the Nodons. It's okay. Sora, <laughs> not you're not a big fan of Sora. Uh, not in Smash. The, the square The Square Mafia is coming for you, Reb. Yeah, so this, this, is, this is it's where all the Ring people Adventure. watch out.
2: This is where all the people in the comments get upset with me. Sora does not belong in
1: Smash. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh my god. Damn. It's okay, Reb. I have your back. I agree with you. I love I him. I love I Kingdom Hearts.
2: I love Kingdom Hearts, but not in my
1: Smash. I like that we managed to just pivot to a drive-by like, <laughs> hit on Sora in the middle of our Game Builder Garage segment. It's really good. I'm
2: sorry. I really love Square Enix games. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> Reb, you previewed Game Builder Garage. What was your takeaway from it?
2: uh not that different from seth's honestly i think it i think it looks wonderful i'm excited to give it a try myself i i am someone who like seth uh only played rpg maker back in the day and has no idea what i'm doing in any respect uh and i've tried like over the years i i've thought oh learning basics of coding would be very cool i should learn that but pretty much everything i have tried has either been uh it's either been too complicated in the sense that it was like very dry and like coding books for adults or something or it's been like targeted to five-year-olds, which is fine, but it ends up being like so simplistic and cutesy that I'm like, okay, I need something a little more adult. So this seems perfect for me. The thing that I, and I said, I don't know how much you can speak to this. The thing that I was sort of disappointed to learn in my preview is that the sharing features are really curved right like they they do have the ability to share basically via like these like eight or nine digit codes or something where you can just get i i if i make a game i can give a code to you you can upload it to your game and then you can play my game but there's not anything like in whichever mario i don't know if it was both of the mario makers i know it was in the first mario maker where you could just browse games and open up a thing and there was like a discovery system and you could play like you know you had 10 Mario's you play through like all these levels or whatever that were just randomly thrown in. I thought that was super cool. I kind of understand why they're not doing with this because when you're not just limiting yourself to Mario tools, it's easier to draw or create inappropriate images that you want people to stumble upon. Um, But it's still a bummer, you know?
0: Yeah. It's uh, when I went to share my game today, like uh, I can't remember if it's Bob or Alice, there's two dots. I think it was Alice came out and she's like, Oh, Hey, you're going to, share your game okay and then she just went through like if it's bad don't do this if it's got flashing lights please don't sh-. you know like basically like the boilerplate like legalese but in a very cute and charming way because they're worried that people are going to because you can draw whatever you want and you know what people i mean what do people do with a smash level creator like the first thing yes. they did like ho, oh, look at us <laughs> so yeah but one cool thing is um you if like if next time I'm in the office when we're in like the bay, finally, we can all like visit each other. I could be like, Hey, Reb, check out my game and we can just share it like through like, like a, like a street pass almost like, Oh, like, seriously two switches. Yeah. You can just switch, switch it up and, and hold up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They should try that. Uh, uh-huh.
2: Oh, that's, that's sick. I didn't know that. That's, I like that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I obviously haven't tried it out cause I don't know anybody who has the game yet. Cause uh, right. it
1: doesn't come out till tomorrow. <laughs> Last question, do we think that it'll have any staying power?
0: Ooh, I think with I hope that there is a dedicated community of people who get into this and sort of like make their own subreddit and just like have a community of people just building games and and I think if if it does take off in that way, like there is a community around it, I think this will have legs. I think this is something they can support, they can add new features like they've done with Super Mario Maker 2. There are some uh, like some missing, you know, like Boolean operators. You only have um, and, and not. You don't have like uh, exclusive and or, or or the other one. But yeah, and like I think this is something that's like right for updating and just like making it better and making a more robust and incredible engine. And I'm super excited about it. And I want to be a part of that community of like-minded dweebs just making the dumbest games
3: about people falling. <laughs> And it's like thirty dollars, right? It, it's yeah, pretty it's a, cheap. It's
0: a good bargain game, too. Yeah, and I, I don't know if it's if there's a physical edition, but that's like one of those. This is like one of those games that I kind of want to buy on physical.
3: for Some reason. Mm, I think there is a physical, but not in Europe yeah. for some reason. I, I don't know why. That's um,
0: opposite. Uh, Usually, you guys get the best stuff. Yeah.
3: Like, oh, a Special edition. <laughs> Wrong. Not not for you in the states. Got to switch it around every now and then. <laughs> uh, I play Dreams quite a lot. And I, I feel like there's quite a dedicated community for that game. But Sony kind of just put it out to, they, they, they released it and then they moved on. Yeah. And it, it feels like Nintendo's kind of doing the same thing. Like people <sighs> don't know this game comes out tomorrow. Uh, and I, I, I do fear a bit that it will kind of just pass people by, especially when there's no searching tools. Because when you boot the game up, there aren't any pre made games in there apart from the stuff that you make no. yourself through the tutorials. Right. So if you if you just want to play games, that you're kind of like you have to go out of your way to find codes. So is that going to have legs?
1: Mm. Mm. If there's not enough of a social element, I kind of have my doubts. It's it's a fun experiment, but ultimately maybe Game Builder Garage will be forgotten a little bit. Um, no, damn it! <laughs> I'll never
0: forget it. <laughs> So good, kids. Every kid should be playing. It. Everyone who has any interest in making games should be playing this. You'll figure things out when you look at actual code. I wish it did a little more in telling you, like, oh, this is a conditional statement, or this is a, you know, this is an if-then statement. But you can kind of figure that out if you were to actually start writing in like Python or C plus. You'd be like, oh, I've done this sort of comparison in Game Builder Garage, and now I know how to do it. It's just all learning like the syntax of a language, but you're learning the concepts here. Please, folks. Don't let this one wither. Go buy it. It's 30 bucks. I'll give you a pre order link. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, let's do some quick hit news. There was a smattering of Nintendo Switch related news on top of what we were just discussing. This one, the first one, this one's for you, Reb. KK Slider, build a bear. Reb, go. <laughs>
2: uh there's a kk slider build a bear now (laughs) that's the news (laughs) you
1: were so so, excited yesterday
2: (laughs) i i okay so here's here's the the short version of the long story is that like a what like a month ago a month and a half ago they came out with an isabel and a tom nook build a bear and it was a huge thing and the pre-order line was absurd and i sat in it because i wanted to get an isabel for my little sister who loves her um, and I sat, I sat in a line for like four hours with the tab open only to be told, which was like, I was there 30 minutes before it opened and then they randomized everybody, which I guess is the way to do it. Keep bots from snapping them all up right away. Uh, but I was in a line for four hours and then I got kicked out and I wasn't able to get one. Um, I later was able to get one, fortunately, but I... I thought, so they, they came out with K.K. Slider today, and I remember everyone being upset when it was just Isabel and Tom Nook and not a bunch of other characters, including K.K. Slider. So now they have K.K. Slider, and I don't remember when these went live today, but I assume earlier today, I literally just opened it up and I was immediately able to get in. So if you wanted any of these Animal Crossing Build-A-Bears, you can just get them, I think, now, instead of having to sit in a line for four not hours. Not anymore.
0: You blew it. Everybody knows it now.
2: Oh, well, that's true. But there, it's it. very cute. It's very cute. He comes with a little guitar. Uh, you can have him when you squeeze him. He can either play the Animal Crossing theme song or he can play KK Disco, which is not the best KK song, but it's still pretty good. What's uh, is the best one? Um, probably Bubblegum KK, I think. But I also really like KK Condor for some reason. I like reason. KK
1: Jazz. That's the one that's always playing around my island because I have that's a very good. classy island in Animal Crossing. <laughs> you do. I've been. It's beautiful. I, thank you. Uh,
2: yeah so they have they now have kk slider they also still have tom nook and isabel in both spring and winter outfits uh and apparently you can also buy like a little onesie that fits on most build-a-bears that has like little faces of the animal crossing characters on it and this is very cute they have little uh it's, it's called a wristy i don't know what that means does it I don't know where it goes, but one of them is shaped like a little Animal Crossing present, and the other one is shaped like a bell bag, and they've got like little elastic things. It looks like it's a backpack, maybe. I can't figure out what's going on there. <laughs> but there's a bunch of Animal Crossing stuff, and it's very cute, and I'm really glad they added KK Slider. Uh, in, in a perfect world, we would have Build A Bears of every Animal Crossing character ever, but that is obviously not going to happen. So, you know, we'll take yeah. KK Slider. He's good. He's a good dog.
1: Crossplay is coming to Overwatch on the Nintendo Switch. We called it when it when Overwatch came out on the Switch, I believe in what 2019 or thereabouts, we called it a less than optimal way to experience Overwatch and Switch. Apparently it runs quite a bit better now, huh. but competitive is dead. Do we think that crossplay on Overwatch can help the competitive community on Nintendo Switch, or is it always just going, kind of going to be the also ran skew for that game? <laughs> Yeah, it's the ultimate. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's kind of ah. like Apex on Switch.
1: Oh right, Apex came out on Switch, didn't it?
0: Same <laughs> <laughs> thing. The less than opt. I mean, it was like it's. They're both. It's. It's amazing that they were able to put it on the Switch. Both of those games, but yeah.
1: Well, like Fortnite came out on Switch and it's quite popular on oh, there. So what's Fortnite. the difference? Fortnite. Fortnite. It's
0: a, it's a hmm. cartoon game. You can drive a cyber truck with. Kratos over a Scott concert or something. I don't. I don't actually. That's probably true. That. that sounds true. I know it is. It's all everything I said is true.
1: true. <laughs> uh, Fortnite's I think, a big I, deal. Hey,
0: I know it's I think, a huge deal. I just it's not for me.
2: <laughs> it, there's always gonna be like I'm sure. So I'm sure competitive is dead. I don't really play Overwatch anymore. I played for like the first year. Um, I'm sure there is a small group of very enthusiastic people who play Overwatch on Switch. It's probably very small, but I'm sure they exist. This will probably make their experience better. Because now they're not just going to be stuck in matchmaking lo- lobbies with the same five people over and over. Uh, so I I hope they have a better time as a result of this. Do I think this is going to? I mean, what's going to save Overwatch for anybody is going to be Overwatch too, which is you know right. a million a million miles away, presumably.
3: Hmm. And one thing Switch does too is as gyro. You know, that that's kind of a separate. Uh, it kind of separates it from the other platforms. Like when you have when it's done well, gyro can be a really great uh, input for shooters so potentially this could push people to play more on switch if there's going to be a larger community to play with i mean it i guess it could also throw off the balance in crossplay though because if you're playing against standard stick players while you can have like full motion is that gonna change how um how the balance is for
1: everyone uh perhaps um mostly when i think of switch ports i think i just find it really interesting the ones that manage to stick and build a significant audience <laughs> like fortnite like minecraft and that kind of thing and the ones that just become complete afterthoughts and i'm just wondering well, what's the magic alchemy that makes a game that gets ported on onto switch ultimately work
0: uh i think it has to be fortnite instead of chug <laughs> in it yeah <laughs> or it has well, to be, you know, built for you know, like Splatoon, it has to be built purposely for the Nintendo. Mm.
2: I think uh, this is this is going to get me in trouble. I think there's there's kind of an answer here, right? And I I don't want to like I don't want to in any way downplay the competitive communities that exist on the Switch, right? Because obviously Splatoon does have a very cool competitive community, and there are many different kinds of games on the Switch that have serious competitive communities that play really really well. But I think the like flavor of competition on the switch tends to be different. And the vibe of it tends to be different than for games that are first and primarily PC games, which is what overwatch is. Mm -hmm. And so a game like Fortnite, yeah, it can be competitive, but it's also goofy and weird and (sighs) you can just play it very casually overwatch. You can play casually, but this many years into its life cycle, you're not playing overwatch casually if you're playing it. Right. And so I think I just think the, the, the flavor of community and the fact that it's less of a title that you can just jump into and be goofy with your friends on for fun this many years out. I think that's probably I don't know what the secret sauce is there, Kat, but whatever Overwatch has is not the secret sauce.
3: <laughs> well, Overwatch was what, 30 FPS on Switch? I feel like some other games just don't have the same compromises. Like Diablo 3 was fine on Switch. Oh, so uh, good on Switch you got Ganondorf there, too. What more do you want? (laughs) All
1: right. Two more items before we move on to what we've been playing. First, I want to call out an in-depth interview that was published over on Polygon with Great Ace Attorney's localization director, where they talked about the monumental task of localizing that game. Great Ace Attorney, very excited to be having that on Nintendo Switch. It's been a long journey. It originally came out in 2015, I believe, on Nintendo 3DS. And so it was a great, great interview in which we learned quite a bit about just how hard it is to take the very colloquial language that was being used uh, from Japanese for the most part and trying to turn that into um, English while also making the puzzles uh, able to be solved. And, Reb, I see you clapping, so I know that you're, like, super excited about this.
2: I love Ace Attorney. I'm excited for this one because I feel like I have not been able to keep up with Ace Attorney. I got into it late. I didn't start playing Ace Attorney until... I don't remember what it was. It, it was the, the original first, the first three Ace Attorney games were ported to, I think one, like the 3DS probably or something. And yes. I bought them then and I play, I played them and I love them, but I, it was a lot. There's a lot of Ace Attorney games and they're, they're, I don't want to just play the an entire series all at once. And so I haven't gotten back into it since then because there hasn't really been anything new that's caught my eye. And so this coming and being like a current game that I can jump right into is very exciting. But right, I mean that that localization interview you're mentioning, Kat, is very, very good. And I think it's especially impressive, you know, what they've done with the Ace Attorney games, uh, because they're they're so funny. They're very funny, and humor is so hard to translate. And that, that interview has has some of that in there too that I think is really interesting.
1: And in our I'm getting old now category. Remember that <laughs> Zelda HD tech demo on Wii U? Oh no. Yeah. It's 10 years old now. Happy oh. birthday, I guess. When
3: I think 10 years ago for a Zelda tech demo, I think about that GameCube one of That's- Ganon and Link yeah. Fighting. Yeah. They oh. can't, it can't be the Wii U. <sighs> <No. laughs>
1: I played that one at E3 and I remember it being super cool. Um, very stylish. It had a certain style to it that I don't think was ultimately carried over into Breath of the Wild. So much like the Space World demo from back in like 1999 or whatever, or 2000, it is um, an interesting artifact in Zelda history.
3: Okay, and that was like real time, right? You can move the camera and change the time of day.
1: I don't. I I just remember you were fighting like a spider or something like that. Uh, that was my main. I think I
3: remember the gamepad had like a giant button which would ch- change it from day to night, and. No Wii U game looked that good, though. No. <laughs> the fact that it was running <laughs> on the system. Uh, the yeah. Zelda
1: tech demo really sold a lot of people on the Wii U. And being like, yeah, I'm into it. Like I remember thinking, okay, if uh, Nintendo puts anything like this out on the Wii U, uh, this will be great. And they eventually did. Uh, it was called Breath of the Wild, and it came out on the <laughs> Nintendo Switch. <so>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's talk about what we have been playing, Reb you go first you got a couple of things on this list
2: yeah uh so i've been playing crosscode uh which Mm -hmm. is a game that came out last year i believe on multiple platforms including the switch uh it is a, a top down uh it it takes place the setting of the game is an mmorpg but it is not itself an mmorpg you are you play as this avatar who doesn't who is Does not have a person behind her. Like she's in an MMO, she's this character and she's conscious. It's very Dot Hack if you're watching Dot Hack. I was going to say,
0: isn't this just Dot Hack?
2: Oh yeah, it's very Dot Hack. Uh, But she's she's trying to recover her memory by playing through this MMO, and she she has like a guy guiding her, but he's not the guy who's playing her. She's herself. Uh, And I, it's a very long game, I hear. Uh, So I'm not super (laughs) far, but so far it is like playing a single player. Mmo, uh, it's very cool. It's it's this top down, very actiony combat. Um, you can play that you have ranged and uh, melee combos that you can do, and you get like all there's like this really big skill tree. And you start the further you play, you start going through these temples and unlocking elements, and the elements change up how you play. Like right now, I can switch between fire and ice, and enemies have weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's very cool. And I think I think the thing that has captured, aside from the fact that it's very beautiful, like it's gorgeous sprite work, uh, it it takes me back mentally to the days when I played Maple Story. I loved playing ah. Maple Story. And it, despite the fact that Maple Story is, you know, like, like 2D kind of platformy sort of MMO stuff, uh, the vibe of this game is very Maple Story in kind of the areas and sort of seeing characters just sitting around in spots and being able to talk to them. And, uh, it, and they did a really good job of making a single player game feel like an MMO. I'm, I'm not sure I'm going to finish it because it's... It's very long and it, it's getting hard in a way that I'm not sure I want to push past, but I like it. It's really clever. The writing's good. The music is good. It's beautiful. And I'm very impressed by it. Just like I, I feel like it flew under the radar last year and I wish more people would take a look at CrossCode.
1: Yeah, one of the underrated indie gems to come out on the Nintendo Switch last year. John, you're a special guest. What have you been playing?
3: So recently, I picked up the Ninja Gaiden Master Collection, oh. and I, I'm I'm in two minds about the ports themselves. So Ninja Gaiden Sigma One is great. Um, it's it's basically it's a flawless game. It's it was an Xbox game, so porting it to Switch should be fine, and it is fine. Um, it's my favorite Ninja Garden, so I'm happy that that plays so well. But two and three, which I'm not I'm not too upset because they're not they're not my favorite games, but two and three have a lot of frame rate and resolution problems. Mm. Uh, there was one point in two where uh, it was just a, a big mess of pixel I was playing in handheld mode and it must have gone as low as like 320p um <sighs> and this is a 360 game so that's I, I, that's not what i was expecting mm. and um i've never liked three much but three has very similar problems so if you just want to play ninja garden one on switch i think this is a great way to do so but two and three they they just had problems i wasn't expecting them to have
1: Well, Ninja Gaiden 2 and 3 weren't very good to begin with, so if you're (laughs) just playing the original Ninja Ninja Gaiden... I mean, it's true. I mean, Ninja Gaiden on the Xbox was an all-time classic action game Mm -hmm. that I think has been forgotten a little bit, but in its day was as big of a franchise as you could possibly get. And then it kind of went downhill over time. So... But just having the opportunity to play the original Ninja Gaiden is great, I think.
3: Yeah, I think two's okay, um, but the first one's definitely far and away the best. Uh, and yeah, it's, I, I played it on Series X as well, Ninja Garden Black, and it's, it, it holds up it remarkably well compared to that, seeing as that's 4K and this is you know, just like 720p or 1080p. Um, but yeah, it's just a great way to play the first game, portably. I, th- I think Vita might have had um, Sigma as well, but you know, this is more accessible. Good old Vita. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and Seth, are you playing anything besides Game Builder Garage?
0: No, I have not played, <laughs> <laughs> played Game Builder Garage. Yeah, it's was, was under deadline. I was supposed to play another game, but then I got the Game Builder Garage code and I was like, well, guess I'm doing this now. And thankfully I enjoyed it very much. And it's probably what I'm going to be playing for a while. Playing, not really, I'm be making.
3: Stupid games. <laughs> it's like infinite games. You got an endless amount to
1: do in there. That
0: is, that's. I mean, you think about. It, you're right. For thirty dollars, you get infinite games. <laughs> you can't beat that value anywhere else.
1: Okay, it is time to start wrapping up. Before we do that, let's do a quick question block. This one is from Devin Vias what is going to be the metroidvania explanation for why link has lost all his heart and or stamina containers from breath of the wild in breath of the wild 2 i'm very curious to know this one because as we all know in metroid they always come up with some reason for samus to uh lose all of their powers usually it's an enemy coming in and like shooting them in her suit short circuits. And now it's time to go in. Or I, I think there was one game where her items were actually deactivated on purpose and she had to earn authorization to get them. Ah, uh, other M yeah. the one everyone
0: <laughs> yeah. loves the least. everyone's favorite.
1: Yeah. So link is going to have to get permission from Zelda to be able to <laughs> uh, use the master sword again. <laughs>
3: I do have an answer for this, actually. In the trailer, Link has the Master Sword. So clearly he's built up from the prior game. And they, they reset him already in Breath of the Wild 1. He, he died and went to the Shrine of Resurrection. And we spent like 300 hours with this guy. Can we just do that again? Um, I'd rather they don't. Uh, this guy's clearly already the same guy from the prior game. He's got the Master Sword. He's equipped. So instead of Link, I'd rather just play as Zelda. Like, no need oh. to reset Link. Leave him in the shadows. Just play as Zelda. This, yes. I like that.
2: I fully agree with that. I love that. I wish that would happen. I also, I remember a time when... Breath of the Wild was being shown at whatever E3 that was, and we all got our lanyards, and everyone was posting on Twitter because the image of Link that was on the lanyard looked somewhat feminine, and so everyone was losing oh their God. minds yeah, thinking I that we would get that. to play as Linkle or, or Zelda in the first Breath of the Wild. One of those two, I don't remember which, and then that obviously did not happen, so I'm not getting my hopes up as much as I would love to play as Zelda. Uh, I, I think it's more likely that uh, whatever was in that, the, the thing in that trailer, that freaky thing down in the cave, the creepy Ganon, dead yeah, whatever that, that was was that's gonna like sap his energy or steal his powers or (laughs) or mess him up in a way where he has to start all over i mean that's that's the obvious actual explanation right
0: yeah yeah and it's gonna
2: capture zelda while it's at it yes
0: yeah i think that's exactly what's gonna happen (laughs) and it's gonna be like way more puzzle and dungeon focused than breath of the wild i think i actually think it's not gonna be like an open world game (laughs) what oh what
2: seth elaborate
1: please
0: I mean, what's there to say? I think it won't be. I think it'll be mostly like dungeon and, uh, and, and puzzle focused and shrine focused and be more of a linear experience instead of like a huge open world. I just think that's what it's going to be. I have no like
1: reason to think that. That's just what i <laughs> heart of hearts. I, I stand by my original prediction a- that it's going to be a co-op game. It that's takes wild. two. There you yeah, go. I mean,
3: how do you follow up Breath of the Wild? And this game broke Zelda that's conventions. Yeah, and it broke if, everything. If, can you just do that again? Like what, what sure. what's the direction you take? Because if you well, just do Breath of the Wild again, then you're you're sort of disappointing the premise of Breath of the people Wild People wouldn't complain if event. you
1: did Breath of the Wild nah. again. Let's be like, ah, oh, more of my favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> mm, okay, I suppose. Speaking of I mean, isn't that Go ahead, Rev.
2: Isn't that the Zelda history, right? Like they they come out with a game that, that breaks conventions and then they do like two or three more of that. And then they come out with another game that breaks some conventions and then do two or three more of that. Isn't that kind of the trajectory the series has taken over the years? Sort of. Maybe not to the degree Breath of the Wild has, but sort of. Mm-hmm.
0: But.
1: Well, that's about all the time left we have for this week's Nintendo Voice Chat. If you want to hear this week's listener questions, head to our audio podcast on any of your favorite podcasting platforms like Spotify. Yeah. To submit your own questions, write to us at Nintendo Voice Chat at IGN.com or respond to our weekly question block post on the Nintendo Voice Chat podcast forums on Facebook. Thanks so much for watching. And remember, Nintendo Voice Chat is the only place you can get the thing. <laughs> I didn't know where my frame was. <laughs>